This is Marisha from Coruscant Radio Underground. And this is Iana from the Padawan Report. And this is the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast, your source for everything going on in that galaxy far, far away. And that's the Scuttlebutt. Hey, Star Wars fans, Ro here. Before we start this best of episode, I just wanted to say a big, heartfelt thank you. On behalf of Team Scarif, Brad, Alex, and yours truly for all the support you guys and gals have given us. It's hard not to start naming off names because you don't want to leave anyone out, but folks like Mr. and Mrs. Daft Prawn, Ali K, Amanda, Brad from Friends of the Force, David Triana, Pete Fletzer, the guys over at WSTR, Todd, Aaron, and Heather, of course. A big thank you to new friends for life, Marisha, Andrew, and the Padawans of the Padawan Report. May the Force be with you all. Our other partners in crime, Rob from the Jedi Temple Archives, Vindiana Jones, the guys at the Bombad Cast, Conversations, Josh and Andy from the Holocronicles podcast, our patrons, Chad, Hyperspace, and Holocrons, Charlie Skywalker, 97 Bravo, Nicholas Schaefer, a big thank you to you guys, and Michelle from Fulcrum's Broadcast, Raul Mares, Lauren and Andrea from the Galactic Podcast, Lazy Porg, Drew, the guys at the Salty Nerd Podcast, Shannon the Scuttlebutter, Jasper, Christine, Yoshi, and David the ILMers, Dominic Pace, the list goes on. And I know I shouldn't have started naming names because I'm sure I'm leaving someone out, but we really do appreciate all the support these past few months. We are having a blast, and I hope you guys are having fun listening and interacting with us on Twitter. Let's get to the show we present in honor of you all, the best of the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast 2019 edition. Thank you. This is TK-226. Come in, Scarif Control. Uh, you think what I'm thinking? Yeah, it looks like they're talking Star Wars again. General Veers, prepare your men. How's it going, Star Wars fans? Grab your sunscreen and your blasters. You've tuned into the Scarif Podcast. This is the Scarif Scuttlebutt. Let's explain to the folks that uh, found our podcast, what, what are we doing here tonight? Well, we are both lifelong Star Wars fans, uh, since we can both remember, and uh, I think we're starting this podcast at the right time, coming right off the heels of Star Wars Celebration. You got to be there. How was it? My name is Andrea. Andrea, so uh, how long have you been a Star Wars fan? Let's say I took my son to the original movie. Do you think Anakin Skywalker is going to come back in some way, shape, or form? I was just talking to some colleagues uh, about that. I think the reference to the uh, rise of Skywalker, uh, in my opinion, I definitely think it's Anakin. I don't think it's uh, Ray or Luke or anybody else. Excuse me. 
Yeah, for the longest kind of time, you know, for lack of a better word, and I embrace these words fully, you know, nerd or geek, you know, for the longest kind of time, you know, decades, I was a closet nerd, closet geek, whatever you want to call it, you know, so uh, I considered myself to be an encyclopedia of Star Wars knowledge, but I kept it to myself. Um, and the thing with Star Wars, it has a way of making people feel comfortable Um and so they have something to something to embrace, especially if they go to something like Star Wars Celebration. You find out how many people are just like you. And, and we see it on Twitter. We see people from all walks of life, all ages, nationalities. Uh, we see people with disabilities, um, depression, you know, what have you. But we all have this thing that binds us together, and that's a love for Star Wars. Let's listen to what he had to say on the Star Wars show stage at Star Wars Celebration and weigh in on his comments. We had the uh, the co-host, what's his name, Max Schofield, or Scoville, was on stage with him at the Star Wars show stage. Let's uh, take a listen and see what he had to say. The forest moon of Endor, woman, it's a trap! You know, all power to the forward shield. And I was not really thrilled about how they blew him out the side of the ship. I'm like, I'm like, I, who's this Holdo woman? Nobody knows this. She, there's no, no one's invested in that. Who is she? Why is she saving the fleet? If anyone's right, going right. to save the fleet, it'd be out. Oh, no. All right, let's, let's so. <laughs> let's, let's just real quick, let's talk about so, yeah. So the name, the Scarif Scuttlebutt, is kind of hard for me to say. Hey, it's Dan. Thank you for having me uh, on your podcast. This is awesome. Hi, I'm Don West. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Matt, how you doing, Matt? Doing pretty good. Victor from Fan Dads. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. How's it going for you? I'm Jennifer, and I'm from Chicago. This is Pete Siegel. The first movie I saw in the theater was actually uh, Jedi, Return of the Jedi. Congratulations, Lisa. Aww, thank you so much. It was really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thanks. May the Force be with you. Awesome. High five. Let's do century. Let's do our little segment here. It's fun. It's a fun Q&A. It's called This is Sentry Mode. All right. So in Sentry Mode, Rose is going to give me five questions, or at least I'll attempt the five questions. I'll have five seconds to answer the questions. Some of them will be opinion-based. Some of them will be trivia-based. If I don't answer in the five seconds, then he wins the round. If... I win the round, as I think I probably will. Quite confident you are. I'll be up two to nothing, and I will have relentless bragging rights, which you will hear about on the show and on Twitter. So I am ready. This is Sentry Mode. Question number one. What were the ramifications of the Galactic Senate's short-sighted acceptance of facilitating trade route taxations, and how did those decisions affect the geopolitical structure of the mining guild's ability to self-finance the war machine of the Republic? Just kidding. Ain't that about it? <laughs> All I mean, right. I mean, I could, but that's another whole podcast. <laughs> I need an hour for that one. And right, you know right, right. My response to that. So here's the real number one. I'm going to take it easy on you. This You should be able to get this without even blinking an eye. Question number one. Complete this phrase. All terrain. Well, there's a few, but I'm going to go with armored transport. Excellent. You are correct. Question number two. What is your favorite Star Wars weapon that is not a lightsaber? 
favorite Star Wars weapon that is not a lightsaber? Uh, I will have to go with the dark saber that is used on Star Wars Rebels. Okay. Uh, question number three. Name three types of stormtroopers. Uh, scout trooper. And then you have the death trooper. And you have your normal stormtrooper. You have your the, the beach troopers that we have on Scarif because it's always sunny on Scarif. <laughs> uh, the snow trooper. Shall I go on? As I no, go? no, that's good. That's good. Okay. So number four, what is the best part of being posted to serve on Scarif? Well, besides it always being sunny on Scarif, you know, it's a secluded place. You know, the we don't get many visitors on Scarif, so when Director Krennic came by, that was really unexpected. But, uh, you know, it's it's a good duty station. It's quiet. And it's always and sunny on Scarif. It is always sunny on Scarif. Excellent. Number five, what famous Rocky Horror Picture Show actor played Senator Palpatine in Clone Wars episode, The Wrong Jedi? Say that one more time for me. What famous Rocky Horror Picture Show actor played the part of Senator Palpatine in the Clone Wars episode, The Wrong Jedi. Now that's the the episode with Ahsoka quitting the yeah, Jedi yeah, Order. Yeah, some of the greatest. Ooh, uh, and I got five seconds. Uh, Tim, what's his name? Yep, Tim, what's his name? As Tim, his mother Tim. as his mother called him, Tim Curry. <laughs> Tim Curry. I was about to say Tim Robbins. I'm like, no, it's not Tim Robbins. This is... Sentry mode. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. And with those words, we meet a princess. The driving force of a new hope, or Star Wars as it was once called back then. No episode numbers. Governor Tuck, I should have expected to find you holding Vader's leash. I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. Rescue the princess. Escape the Death Star. Warn the rebels. This is some rescue. Into the garbage chute, flyboy. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Simple enough. But with Leia, it was never simple. I just assumed she's a Wookiee. With the untimely passing of Carrie Fisher in 2016, the Star Wars fandom was shaken to its core. Fast forward to 2019, and with an upcoming final chapter in the Star Wars Skywalker saga, with Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, the future of the legacy of Leia Organa is uncertain. Our episode tonight dives into a fictional character who will you. never be forgotten. I know. As well as an artist who portrayed her equally unforgettable. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. So I got a, I got a question uh, for uh, Marisha. We'd love to get a female perspective on this. So now we call her Hutslayer. Yeah. And that came from the Bloodline book from Claudia Gray. Uh, were you previously offended by the term Slave Leia? And do you prefer Hutslayer? Or does it not matter at all? Hutslayer is... I mean, that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty imposing. I think that's a really cool title. But Slave Leia, I mean, to say that she was a slave doesn't make her any less of an imposing character. It's something that happened to her that she overcame. That's that's pretty badass, too. There's no Leia without Carrie Fisher. 
you can't, it's hard to differentiate the two anymore. They're one and the same. I, I think, you know, Carrie Fisher, her, her sense of humor was just, you know, unmatched. I, I wish we would have seen more of what she could do, more of what she had been uh, learning and exploring, you know, and maybe that's what they were planning to do with the third movie. You know, now she's gone. So now we're never going to get to see all the exposition we could have done on Leia because that ship sailed. I'm sad now. Oh, sorry. I wasn't trying to make you sad. <laughs> that is the scuttlebutt. Hey guys, it's Matt here from Star Wars Sessions, beaming live from the UK all across that hollow net. So what does force mean to me? Uh, firstly, it's to me anyway, it's the height of Zen. It's that spiritual nirvana that only the heightened few can truly reach, you know? Hey everybody, welcome to the Scarif Scuttlebutt. I'm Brad and I got Roe with me. Today we're going to talk about missed opportunities, the infamous tweet from Mark Hamill. So with that being said, Ro, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Everything is good here uh, in Chicago. How's uh, things on your, in your neck of the woods? Charleston's beautiful as always. Uh, got some scarif weather here. You got better, better weather there now? Well, uh, let's see. Last time we spoke, uh, it felt like Hoth. I think uh, this time around, it's feeling a little bit like uh, Camino. <laughs> lots of rain, lots of humidity. Jake, welcome back. Was your trip productive? Fairly. No clones, but uh, it's been a kind of a wet, dreary uh, couple of days. You have accepted the truth. I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. That name no longer has any meaning for me. Let's talk about missed opportunities. The following recording is a satire intended to entertain. No porgs were harmed during the recording of this Patreon exclusive. Hey guys, this is Brad from the Scarif Scuttlebutt. A little while back, Ro promised you that we'd make an episode all about The Last Jedi and everything we loved about that Ryan Johnson classic. We would never want anyone to believe that we are somehow biased, but rather that we are as fair and balanced as Fox News. So here it is. Without further ado, everything we loved about The Last Jedi. Okay, Brad. Sounds great. First off, it introduced some simply amazing characters. Look, we got Paige Tico right off the bat. Paige Tico. Yeah, well, I actually liked Paige uh, as a character a little more than Rose. Uh, but her untimely death at the hands of the... Uh, wait a minute, I don't know. I, I think she died because those bombers were going pretty slow, eh? Uh, maybe that was a bad example. But we did get one of the finest pilots in the galaxy since Wedge Antilles. I'm talking about Tally Lintra, people. Uh, Tyler what? Shit, never mind. We did get to finally see Phasma for the badass that she is. Oh, yeah, Captain Phasma. Yeah, she's uh, real shiny. She single-handedly led a tiny squad of inexperienced First Order stormtroopers into a heavily armed resistance base. Outmanned and outgunned, she wiped out every single one of those traitors. Uh, when was that? Okay, maybe she didn't do all that, but she did give the awesome order to execute Finn and Rose. Because you can't just do that sort of thing willy-nilly. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that would have ended their mission pretty fast. Uh, I waited, uh, but uh, she kept on explaining things. And give you enough time to let the rest of the plot play out and subsequently ruin the execution. 
At least she did die like a true villain. Oh, yeah, but uh, is she really dead? Maybe she comes back. What if What if she comes back, Brad? Until she comes back in episode 9 and waits that, too. Speaking of Rose and Finn, though, how hot was that kiss on Crate? Oh, yeah, that kiss. Yes, in the heat of battle. Man, you could just feel the passion. I couldn't have been the only one to feel a little tingly in my unknown regions. Well, to be honest, Brad, uh, that, that might have been the hot nacho sauce you had in your lap, but uh, I digress. To those that say it was as frigid as a Tauntaun's third nipple, what were you watching? Some people didn't care for that kiss. We got to see the Force used in ways we had only previously dreamed of. Well, the Force is a living energy field, yada yada yada. I can use that uh, for lifting rocks when the wife has me do some yard work. No, I'm not talking about lifting rocks. That's so Dagobah. I'm talking about Leia's triumphant and completely random trek through space. Oh yeah, Super Leia, yeah. You might even say it was supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. You might, but let's not. <clears throat> For real though, that throne room fight scene was legit. Oh yeah, I was super pumped when I saw that exciting battle. Never mind that some weapons inexplicably disappeared from time and from time to time Kylo stabbed the ground for no apparent reason. Well, maybe he saw a bug. This scene made Anakin versus Obi-Wan look like Jar Jar stepping in a pile of Bantha Poodoo in Mos Espa. Oh, that's harsh, Brad. And finally, finally, in a moment of as tense and emotionally charged as Darth Vader telling Luke that he was his father, we found out that Ray's parents are couple of winos that traded her for a six-pack of Lando's Colt 45? Well, come on, to be fair, Colt 45 is a very tasty adult beverage. Glad we got that out of the way. But perhaps one of Ryan Johnson's finest achievements was his addition to the Book of Kama Sutra. Kama what? Uh, I'm not following. Oh! Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't personally tried the Haldo maneuver, you are truly missing out. Heyo! Oh, I actually thought that was visually stunning. I liked it, but, uh, yeah, okay. Really, though, in all honesty, The Last Jedi, with all its innovation and brave character development, is an integral part of the Skywalker saga. And I, for one, will be immensely sad to see J.J. retcon the whole thing like 3PO's peculiar dream on Geonosis. Brad, what did I say about using the R word? So what did you think? Do you agree with everything on our list? What else did you like about The Last Jedi? Leave us a comment and let us hear your thoughts. Well, all kidding aside, I know we're all waiting patiently for the rise of Skywalker this December, where uh, we'll see how J.J. caps this off. So what else, Brad? What would you like our Patreon listeners to do? Don't forget to like and subscribe to us however you listen to podcasts, including iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Remember, it's always sunny on Scarif, and that's the Scuttlebutt. Catch you guys next time on the Scarif Podcast. Greetings, Star Wars fans. This is Andrew from Coruscant Radio Underground. You're listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. What's up, guys? This is David Triana of the Followers of the Force Podcast, and you are listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. May the Force be with you. Always.
Hey everybody, what is up Shore Troopers? I'm glad you made it to Scarif. This is Ro and you've tuned into the Scarif podcast. So uh, I wanted to uh, introduce uh, and uh, in, uh, introduce uh, one of our Star Wars friends, Alex from Imperial Entanglements in lieu of uh, Brad's absence. Alex is going to help us out uh, here tonight. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing just fine, Ro. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for uh, picking up the mantle and helping us out. Brad is uh, uh, working. He's uh, out there busy doing real Jedi stuff, but uh, he's uh, left me in charge. And uh, Alex, thank you very much again for helping out and uh, volunteering to uh, continue with the podcast. Of course. I was happy to help, and I was very flattered that you guys came to me uh, and asked me if I wanted to uh, to join in the team and uh, I can't wait to work with you guys in the future I think it's going to be a ton of fun anyways hold on a second uh, are we on the air let's see ah yeah you look at that little red blinky light says on the air alright let's hit it start out with Star Wars news. You know, episode nine is right around the corner. It's a couple of months away. There's excitement in the air, Alex. There's excitement in the air. What do you think? Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things brewing right now. We got probably about maybe two months before uh, the massive PR push and the tour starts for for advertising for this thing with new trailers and whatnot. And uh, there's a couple. There's some rumblings in the news market right now with uh, interviews with Daisy Ridley for her her new movie. And of course, anytime you get an interview with Daisy Ridley, you're going to ask her about Star Wars. So there's some things going on with that. And of course, Mark Hamill. He's always willing to talk about Star Wars. He was recently promoting his new movie um it was the chucky horror movie and uh, people were asking him about episode nine so uh there's some there's some rumbling starting i think we're gonna get the hype train moving here in the next couple of months and uh, before you know it we're gonna be analyzing two minute trailers pretty soon we've passed on all we know a thousand generations live in you now But this is your fight. Hey there, it's Josh and Andy from the Hollow Chronicles podcast. When you are driving home from a hard day's work and you need a little decompressed time in the car and you want to find some Star Wars information, where do you go? 
Scare of Scuttlebutt. Hey there, Star Wars fans and fellow Scuttle Buddies. This is Rob LeBerry, host of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, and you are about to get the Scuttlebutt on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Please do not resist. You've tuned in to the fastest growing Star Wars podcast on this side of Moss Eisley. Grab your sunscreen and your blasters. This is the Scarif Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We've got quite an episode tonight. Thank you for joining us. I am Ro in Chicago, coming to you live from the Scarif Podcast Media Center here in Chicago. And uh, who's on the other end of the Imperial Com manning that control center? Who is that, Alex? This is Alex from Imperial Entanglements coming from you, coming to you all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada. But I wanted to uh, take note of a particular article that came out in comicbook.com as reference. Director J.J. Abrams states that George Lucas was a big contributor on this script. He says, and I quote, there have been a lot of ideas since the beginning, since George first came up with this, of where we could go. So that quote in itself, I I wanted to ask you, do you think he means the idea for Episode Nine or the overall story of Star Wars? It's not very clear. To tell you, my gut feeling tells me that it's more uh, centered on Episode Nine because J.J. has, has said in the past that this episode is one that's going to take in both the prequel and original trilogy, and kind of tie everything together as the last installment in this saga. So I think he probably wanted to have George give him an idea of where the creator himself saw this story ending and probably put a lot of that influence into this episode. Wow. If if that is true, Alex, I am definitely looking forward to The Rise of Skywalker if indeed they did call back the uh, creator of the Star Wars universe, uh, I got to tell you, I'm very excited. Roll it again. In The Last Jedi, we have the moment. Rey is no one. Then we have Kylo kind of becoming the big bad. We don't know if he can be redeemed. And then you drop the title, The Rise of Skywalker, which just sent my mind very bonkers and thinking, who is the Skywalker? Is Rey a Skywalker? What is going on? You're right. Well, I, I, the, the title feels like it's the right title for this movie, and I know that it's provocative and asks a bunch of questions, but I think when you see the movie, you'll see how it's intended, what it means. But in the flow of, of titles, this movie had a very weird responsibility. It had to be the end of not just three movies, but nine movies, mm-hmm. and the idea of having to incorporate the stories that have come before uh, strangely is the story of the movie, which is to say it's the characters in the film inheriting you know, everything that's come before in, in pre- previous, gen- uh, previous generations, uh, whether it's you know, sins of the father, whether it's uh, you know, the wisdom that they've, that they've acquired. And the question is, can this new generation, are they up to the task? Can they stand up to what they have to? And so in a way, I feel like we, coming into this movie, have inherited a lot, and the question is, can we do it? And that's a question we ask ourselves every day. <laughs> Thank you.
there, fellow Scuttle Buddies. This is Ollie K coming to you from the Ollieisms on Twitter. And this week's question is, do you have the Force? Well, let me tell you, there's a couple times when I try to use the Force each year. It's when I go to my father-in-law's church choir concerts. And now it's not a back concert. They're actually pretty good. But the thing is, I spend about half of the concert staring up at that ceiling fan, the one that's never on. And I sit there and I try my hardest using all my Force and Jedi powers and even Sith powers, trying to make that ceiling fan spin just an inch. I think. I try so hard. I concentrate. I give myself the hope and the faith that maybe if I try hard enough, that ceiling fan will spin. But it never does. I guess I don't have the force after all. Anyways, love the podcast, guys. It's absolutely great. Remember, it's always sunny on Scarif. And, yeah, we got another follower named Ali Kastner who had a follow-up question, and I guess I should have specified when I posted the question, what's your favorite ship? You know where I'm going, right? She asked, vehicle or romance? Oh. Okay. Well, hey, yeah, you probably should have specified that. Listen up, Scuttle Buddies. We're going to be checking out Raul Merez's tech report on everyone's favorite Imperial ship, the TIE Fighter. We've intercepted a rebel transmission. It's Star Tech. The Maris Report. Shall we jam comms, Director? No. Let it go through. We'll have troops waiting to intercept on Scarif Station. We're going to speak today a little bit about the TIE series, the TIE Fighter, its technology, operational uh, and design philosophy, and a little bit about their creators, uh, CNR Fleet Systems. Uh, But before we go into that, I'd like to uh, very cordially give a big thank you to the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast for having me and allowing me to participate and help out. So, Alex, our main topic for tonight's episode, are you Force-sensitive, Alex? The Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, it penetrates us, it binds the galaxy together. Uh, yeah. That is a very interesting theory. I, I hadn't really thought about that, um, but a new hope being the having things come full full circle for the series, uh, for the saga, you know, starting off in Tatooine with a young, naive Luke and having it end on Tatooine. Uh, we, quite, we quite possibly could see Obi-Wan Kenobi's uh, old hut. Uh, we know we, he had a chest full of items there. Maybe there's some kind of a clue there. Um, that is... I mean, I have speculations, but they're so far out there that I don't know if they're even worth talking about. I hope everything is perfect and uh, all fans across the board are super excited. Luke Skywalker was just a farm boy until he received a mysterious message from a princess. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. She's beautiful. Star Wars, starring Mark Hamill. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Too little short for a stormtrooper. Harrison Ford. Boring conversation anyway. Whoa, we're gonna have a 
I think we took a wrong turn. Carrie Fisher. Good luck. Alec Guinness. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. 20th Century Fox presents the most extraordinary motion picture of all time, Star Wars. Here's where the fun begins. No legendary adventure of the past could be as exciting as this romance of the future. Here they come. May the Force be with you in Star Wars. Let's start this baby before the red wine wears off. And speaking of collaborators, uh, like I said, we've got a lot of uh, clips to play. We've had a lot of interest in our hashtag Star Wars Inspires topic. And uh, truly, Star Wars does inspire. I was uh, talking to some buddies uh, about this episode. And, you know, for those of you who know me here in Chicago, you know that Star Wars was the springboard to my career, the inspiration to, you know, what I became and what I am. Uh, because of the behind-the-scenes people that uh, were uh, responsible for creating this universe really out of nothing. I know I sound like a broken record. I've, I, I feel like I've said <laughs> this you know, story for a, a long time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's true. So, I, you know, real quickly, I want to mention, I want to thank Jeff from the Blue Milk Cafe podcast. Michelle, oh, uh, Michelle's got a brand-new podcast, and if you guys... Uh, Please check her out. It's called Fulcrum's Broadcast. Michelle uh, was able to send a, an audio clip. We'll take a, a listen to her uh, inspirational story and, and how Star Wars gets her through the day. Uh, we also have Todd from WSTR Media Galactic Public Access. Thank you very much, Todd, and the guys over at WSTR. Sean from the C-Tech Talk, the last podcast, a Star Wars solo adventure. Thank you very much. We'll uh, hear what he has to say. And um, Jedi Caligula, Amanda from Florida, uh, you know, just coming back from my vacation, I was in Florida. I wanted to, uh, I reached out to her and to uh, um, David Triana over from Followers of the Force. Wanted to see if I can get together with them. Uh, it just didn't happen. We didn't um, meet, but it would have been fantastic. Uh, Amanda uh, and David Triana next time I'm in Florida for sure. Then uh, again, I was mentioning that we have a lot of listeners from the UK. So Paul Meadows, he's an editor out in the UK. He's uh, edits uh, d- broadcast uh, documentaries. So that's really cool. He talks about his inspiration and how Star Wars inspires him. I think we have a, a very similar story. And uh, the recording uh, that I um, recorded, the interview that I recorded uh, last night, Thomas from Star Wars in Class. Uh, thank you very much, Thomas, for uh, being open to uh, come on the show. We'll hear uh, his interview. Uh, and obviously, uh, like I said, Dominic Pace, actor, adventurer, and Star Wars fan, uh, we'll uh, listen to his interview a little later on. But I want to thank, again, like I said, all these great people, our great listeners, and uh, the people that follow us on Twitter. Thank you so much for your support. It uh, has been a blast, and we can't wait 
to uh, tell you guys what we have planned for the next couple of months. Yes, thank you guys all. I really appreciate the uh, the support and the collaboration is great. Uh, when when Ro told me that he had some collaborators, I was like, oh, that's cool. I was thinking there's going to be you know two or three people that that jumped in. And then he sends me this email and there's like nine attachments and they're all audio clips from you guys all talking about your personal uh, personal attachment to Star Wars and what it means to you and how much it inspires you. And it was it was a really great listen. And uh, I loved all the messages. So thank you guys very much. So uh, shall we uh, take a listen in one of these uh, Star Wars inspires messages? Hit it. Let's see what Jeff from the Blue Milk Cafe podcast has to say about how Star Wars inspires. Hey, Scarif Scuttlebutt Pod. It's Jeff from over here at the Blue Milk Cafe. And recently on Twitter, you had asked the question, has Star Wars influenced your life? I like to think Star Wars has made me want to be a better person and continue to try to be a better person in my everyday life. Because for me, Star Wars has always been about hope, has always been about the story of good versus evil, and of course the hero's journey. And taking a look at all those things, I like to think that, yes, Star Wars has made me want to be a better person. And I try to be a better person every single day. Look at Luke Skywalker. He started out as a farm boy. You could you could say a naive farm boy. And he made his journey through the three movies and became a better person by the end. I like to think I'm trying to do the same thing. And yes, for me, yes, Star Wars does influence me in my everyday life. Can't wait to hear your podcast, and can't wait to hear what other listeners have to say. And until we talk again, may the Force be with you. All right, well, thank you, Jeff, from the Blue Milk Cafe. We appreciate your collaboration, and I really personally appreciated your uh your message of the original trilogy and Star Wars itself uh, having a great message of hope, uh, that good versus evil, you know, that, that moral compass you were talking about, and to always make sure that you were being a better person. Uh, we're so happy that Star Wars inspires you that way, and thank you very much uh, for letting us know and sharing it with everybody. Yeah, definitely. Jeff uh, is a good guy. He, um, um, a while back, he had uh, he had posted that uh, his uh, microphone broke, and we had a, a, a internet microphone laying around. So I shipped it uh, to him with a, a strategically placed Scarif podcast sticker on it. <laughs> That's fantastic, <laughs> Jeff. Remember that? Yes, perfect, perfect. That is fantastic. Thank you very much. So, yeah, uh, you know, we always support brand new projects and brand new uh, podcasts here. Uh, the, uh, you know, you guys, uh, Brad uh, coined that. Uh, I don't know if he coined it, but obviously we're using uh, 
hashtag Potter and Family. And uh, we love to collaborate with other podcasts and other members of our Star Wars community. And uh, with that being said, we've got uh, Michelle who started a Star Wars podcast. And you guys should uh, definitely take a listen and, and, and check her out. It's called Fulcrum's Broadcast. Michelle sent a uh, wonderful clip about uh, Star Wars inspiration. Um, and the only thing that I have to say about uh, the first episode, episode Michelle, um, it's uh, Gamorrean Guard. But uh, we still love you. And uh, <laughs> let's take a listen to uh, what Michelle has to say. Fulcrum's Broadcast and how Star Wars inspires. Michelle, host of the new Star Wars podcast, Fulcrum's Broadcast. I am so inspired by Star Wars. I could go on and on about how much the characters and the stories mean to me. I know that for myself and for so many other people, Star Wars has been in our lives during the best and the worst times, and I like to think that Star Wars has made me a better person, or at least I hope so, and I... I hope that the stories have, you know, helped me get to where I am today and on the path that I'm going. I'm constantly inspired by Ahsoka's perseverance, Rey's hope, Obi-Wan's patience, Yoda's wisdom. All these characters have taught me so much about life. And Star Wars itself is about life and family and friends and love and hope and redemption. All these things. I'm just so happy and grateful to have these stories in my life and... Not only that, to share to share my joy and my passion for Star Wars with other people. It's the best thing in the world. Hi everyone, this is Sean of The Last Podcast, a fellow Star Wars podcast, and Star Wars inspires me because I've been the quote-unquote authority of Star Wars in my family, and I've watched it since the VHSs of the original trilogy to seeing it in theaters as a 10-year-old to getting all the Disney hype when uh, Force Awakens was coming out in 2015, and ever since then... I've been really inspired to read all the new canon books. I didn't really delve too much into the expanded universe. I thought it was very confusing, but I was also very younger back then. And I was just super excited to have new content coming in all different mediums. And being a little older, I was able to understand more of the themes of the comics, films, and books. 
So Star Wars inspires me to do better. It inspires me to have conversations with people, uh, to talk about the light and the dark and how it affects us, and to start an awesome podcast, which I never thought I would do and have any time to do being a full-time teacher. So thanks for doing this, everyone. Star Wars is inspiring. Star Wars is good. And be the positive change you want to be. This is Sean of The Last Podcast. What inspires me about Star Wars is how it always gives the message of hope. I have suffered with depression through most of my adult life. And the message of Star Wars is no matter how dark things are, there's always a light, a spark that can ignite and light up your whole life and give you that sense of belonging and hope. So whenever I'm feeling depressed, I just think about the message of Star Wars and it makes me feel better. And that's how it inspires me. A Mandalorian with a jetpack is a weapon. I'm not a Mando... Mandalorian? I don't want to be a Mandalorian. So we have some really exciting news, Scuttle Buddies. Uh, we've recently had an actor who uh, is a fan of the podcast and a huge Star Wars fan. And we got a, a great opportunity to uh, interview him about his passion for Star Wars and for uh, nerd culture that we all love. And that person is Dominic Pace. He is uh, a great guy, really nice, down to earth. Uh, he has a couple of videos on YouTube. Um, he's pretty new to Twitter, but you can find him at Dominic P. Pace. He is a TV actor with over 100 IMDb credits and a reoccurring on NBC Superstore and Jimmy Kimmel Live. And he also is most recently guest starring on NCIS LA. Take it away, Ro. Hey, Scuttle Buddies, and welcome to another fun-filled episode of the Scarif Podcast. I am Ro coming to you live from the Windy City, Chicago, and the Scarif Podcast Media Center. I am so glad you found the podcast because this is a special one. You'll want to hear this one. We asked you all how Star Wars inspires you on Twitter. We either uh, either uh, personally or professionally, and we got some great feedback from you guys. So as you know, I've said on countless occasions that uh, Star Wars for me is like a lifeline. I mentioned in previous episodes, like uh, our crossover one with Andrew and Marisha, uh, how it affected me. Um, I think that that was the Princess Leia episode. Everybody knows how it affects me, uh, how Star Wars is in my uh, blood. And you'll get to hear a little bit more of a detailed account on another podcast with Brad at the Friends of the Force podcast. And that will be coming out soon. I digress because tonight... We've got an incredible conversation planned with a very special guest on the podcast. He's been on several movie and TV projects, and I'm super stoked and excited to be talking to him tonight about his love of Star Wars and how he's been inspired by our favorite franchise in a galaxy far, far away. Please welcome Dominic Pace. Dominic, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. Hello from Hollywood. Uh, thank you so much for having me, and hello to all your listeners. Thank you so much. 
Awesome, Dominic. So uh, tell me a little bit, uh, you know, we're talking about how Star Wars and uh, the film franchise has inspired people. We've got a lot of stories that uh, say that, you know, I saw Star Wars as a young kid and now I'm a director or I'm an actor. Tell us a little bit about how Star Wars grabbed you and uh, why you feel so deeply uh, emotional about the franchise. Uh, I, I think we can uh, draw back to Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I was six years old when I watched that in a movie theater. And not only to me personally is it my favorite, but also at the same time, when you see that in a packed theater at six years old, uh, the enormity of not only the music of John Williams to I, I vividly recall the back of Vader's head uh, for the first time, you know, watching him. I was too young to watch uh, the original in the theaters, but Empire was even more powerful uh, to me regardless. Uh, ultimately, the mythology at that time, uh, I grew up in a broken home. My parents divorced when I was very young, uh, and I just recently read an article in regards to how Darth Vader inspired George Lucas as far as that struggle between the father and the son. Um, the mythology and also I think what Mark Hamill mentioned a couple of years ago where it has always been about family uh, has really been the base and the cornerstone for me. Sci-fi movies in general I enjoy, but I don't go out of my way to see them. It's not about all the pew, pew, pew. And as cool as the costume designers have designed all of these beloved characters that we have adored ever since we were children it is absolutely amazing, not to mention John Williams. For me, it really goes back to that substance of family and the directors and writers who have done that through the series have won uh, over my heart and the ones who haven't uh, haven't been as successful because again it really isn't about the visual uh, we can see that in in countless 200 million dollar films but it's really about the relationships the brothers the sisters the cousins or whatever the parents uh, and most importantly for me the father and the son the other thing uh, and again for your fans and not much I can really say about it but obviously a dream come true um, to be in uh, the upcoming Mandalorian. And I can't really say anything about it, but uh, obviously uh, every child's uh, dream <laughs> for I think every Star Wars fan is to be a part of that series. Wait a minute. You just said you're in the Mandalorian? That is correct. Uh, oh, yeah. so my I guess- <laughs> God. Hi, I'm Dominic Pace, and that's the Scuttlebutt. Wait, 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 bro, wait. Did he just say he's on The Mandalorian? Yes, he did. The best of luck to you, Dominic, and uh, I I see all your wonderful toys in the back there. I've got uh, a few of those myself. Absolutely. I have the six original bounty hunters up on the top row, and then I have a few autographs. One was signed by Billy D. Williams, one by Tamara Morrison. Um, Some childhood remnants, my first original comic book. I have actually an eight-track. Uh, just to homage the uh, the uh, legendary John Williams, and then on the bottoms are just a couple of dioramas of uh, some. There, whoa! Look at that. That was magic right there. You guys have the same though. <laughs> Come on, man! God, I, I love I Star the, Wars fans. Yeah. <laughs> Hey Star Wars fans, this is Alex from Imperial Entanglements, here to remind you 
that this is the place where you want to be for Star Wars content. That is true, Alex, and just to prove it, here is my best Gamorrean guard imitation. That's funny. And we're here to tell you if you like Star Wars, and I think you do. Are you itching for new Star Wars content? Join us. It is your destiny. And we're here to remind you that you're listening to The Scarif Podcast, a Star Wars podcast with a lemony twist. (laughs) He's not wrong. So grab your sunscreen and your blasters, because it's always sunny on Scarif. How freaking cool is that? (laughs) Insert sound effect here. Roll it again. And that's the scuttlebutt. Without further ado, here is Alex talking with Amanda. Let's see what they have to say about Ray and Palpatine. I love personally talking about theories because um, my Twitter handle is Jedi Caligula eighty nine. I studied ancient Greek and Roman history and mythology in, in university, so I'm like, you know, I love the whole mythology and theories. I studied it in college, so I do it for fun in Star Wars, so mm-hmm. this is a great topic for me to talk about. Mm-hmm. George Lucas basically based Star Wars on a Greek tragedy. So, And when you really study Greek tragedy and you take a look at the Star Wars saga, you see so many similarities with different fictional tropes and stuff. So I'm really excited to really dig down into this theory. Throughout Star Wars' history, John Williams has always written the uh, musical themes to each character and to each, even the ideas behind Star Wars, whether it's the Force or it's the Rebellion. They each have these light motifs that go along that are iconic to us nowadays. We hear them immediately and we recognize them. We hum them in our, in our everyday life. Probably one of the most brilliant composers that I've ever known. Having different themes for each character is just incredible. Like I had read once that he was like the first guy to do that in film was to put different themes for different characters, which I just is amazing and how much depth he puts into his music. Is your Star Wars canon? Does it matter how you enjoy Star Wars? Have you been doing it wrong all these years? Let's discuss. A new Star Wars fan discovers Star Wars and breaks the internet. Let's take a look at what people are saying about Mar's reaction to all things Star Wars. Let's talk Margate. So what does it mean to have a three-hour Star Wars movie, Knights of Ren, Rey's Origins, Palpatine's back? Hey, it's complicated, folks. Get your sunscreen and your blasters out, because it's time for the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. tuned in to the fastest growing Star Wars podcast on this side of Moss Eisley. Grab your sunscreen and your blasters. This is the Scarif Podcast. You guys will kind of geek out at this. Uh, we had recently uh, somebody that contacted us through Twitter that is listening to the show now. He is a special effects guru and he's currently working on both the Rise of Skywalker and um the mandalorian uh, and he's he sent me a message and said that he was downloading the two episodes to listen while he's working so it's kind of a weird thing that 
our podcast is being played in the ears uh, exactly in the location where the Rise of Skywalker is being worked on. So that's uh, that's kind of freaky to me. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's pretty hot. Uh, I, I'm going to say the force is strong with this podcast. I agree with everything you said, Brad. Thank you. <laughs> Attention, Garrison. This is Alex here. Thanks for tuning in to the Scarif Podcast. As you've been able to tell from our Twitter activity, we have decided to honor the maker during the month of October. We're dubbing it hashtag George Lucas Appreciation Month. We have some great episodes coming your way with the help of some contributors like Rob from Jedi Temple Archives. He sent us an audio clip where he talks about Lucas's incredible world building. Our bestie, Ollie Kay, gave us his unique take on the Star Wars Special Editions. He compares George to Meatloaf. You kinda had to be there, but you'll hear it soon enough. Our good friends, Andrew and Marisha, talk about George and give us their take on the man as a creative mind. October will be bringing you so many good things from the Scarif podcast. We'll also be announcing details of our live podcast event in November. So stay tuned and save the date November 17th. If you are a Chicago local, or you can steal an Imperial shuttlecraft, head to the Windy City and please stop by and say hello. We would love to meet you. November is a big month for the Scarif Podcast. Now, let's get this episode started, shall we? As you know, Roe was inspired by the groundbreaking VFX artist at ILM when he was just a young nerd. Earlier this week, he had an amazing opportunity to speak with Yoshi and David, two ILM senior artists currently working on The Rise of Skywalker and The Mandalorian. As you can imagine, it's crunch time for both of them, as we are just a few short months away from the release of both projects. They took the time to speak with Ro about George Lucas, Star Wars visual effects, and their experience working on the beloved franchise as their dreams came true. I can only imagine how excited Roe was while talking with them. Let's take a listen to this awesome interview as the Scarif Podcast talks to Industrial Light and Magic. What's up, Scuttle Buddies? This is Ro. I've got a very special treat for you guys here in uh, our series 
Hashtag the legacy of George Lucas, and uh, I'm going to sound like a broken record. Uh, as you know, George Lucas is a big inspiration for me from a career standpoint, and uh, I was very, very inspired by all those fine uh, men and women behind the scenes back in 19, back in the 70s, uh, creating this world out of nothing. And I've got a very special treat for you guys, uh, talking about people from behind the scenes of a Star Wars. Uh, we've got uh, Yoshi and David uh, working for ILM and uh, working on uh, stuff for Star Wars. And you guys are some behind-the-scenes guys. You guys are part of the whole crew that inspired me. How are you guys? Good. Great, man. Awesome. Glad to – this is actually, if I can be honest, uh, first podcast. Really? Yeah. Well, we'd love to have you guys on, uh, you know, uh, from time to time. Uh, again, like I said, uh, you know, folks like you are, are a big inspiration and obviously you were, uh, you guys were inspired by the same thing that I was inspired and now you guys are the man. Hey there, Ro, Alex, and Brad. This is Rob from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, and I just wanted to take a quick moment to express my appreciation for George Lucas and what he's done in the creation of the Star Wars universe. Uh, certainly, this is something that a lot of fans may not realize was very close to not happening any number of times through the process of him creating the first film. And, you know, then even uh, with the rest of the original trilogy, he was constantly taking his his profits from the previous films and rolling those back into you know, kind of rolling the dice again. So he certainly got a, a certain connection to Han Solo in the sense that he truly was a gambler. He was gambling on his vision. Uh, he certainly was a, a world builder, um, which is, I think, one of the reasons why he always had felt a close connection to Walt Disney uh, in the sense that they were both world builders. So uh, once he had established that world within the original Star Wars film, uh, he clearly loved going back into that galaxy that he'd created and crafting additional stories and kind of expanding things. Uh, and it's really the reason that we're all here talking about this today. So uh, certainly an incredible man, an incredible uh, visionary, an incredible creator of content. And uh, I still, you know, get just as much enjoyment out of the Star Wars universe today as I did when I was a child. And I'm looking forward to years more of that to come. So thanks again, fellow Scuttle Buddies. I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Thanks for having me on and may the force be with you always. Thank the maker. And uh, speaking of shots, uh, so I got a, a question for you. Uh, you guys uh, can answer or decide not to. How many lens flares did you have to put in when Palpatine comes in through the portal with Ezra to meet with Luke? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> And uh, Yoshi, you had mentioned Hayden Christensen. I've got one last uh, question for you. Uh, uh, how long did it take you to rotoscope Hayden into the scenes with Luke Skywalker on Tatooine uh, for the end of Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> Thankfully, I can work on those shots. Um, although being able to... It, it's, it's, you know, this touches on the last thing I'm going to bring up but uh, before we got to go. But it, it is... 
a double-edged sword because if they would have told me to do that, it would have sucked to know what I was doing. Yeah. But it would have been amazing to know that I'm working on the original trilogy in in a way that no one else my age could say they 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 have. Yeah. And I got to tell you, like being a part of Star Wars now, being a part of the history of what's making it, it's a double-edged sword because David here can tell you there was a day I was sitting at my desk and they assigned me a shot. And there's a spoiler in the shot for me as someone who I'm not going to say what it is, obviously, yeah, but, yeah. but he hurt at my desk. I threw my headphones down and was like, damn it. And he goes, what? <laughs> I'm like, I just found something out. And he goes, what? And he looks at my screen. And he goes, oh, and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I mean, that's got to suck. That's kind of the that's kind of the, the nature of the job. Um, I remember uh, I wasn't working on um, episode seven at the time and. I'm getting up, going to go grab a glass of water from the kitchen. I have to pass by other artists' uh, desks. And uh, I saw a clip from episode seven that I probably shouldn't have seen because the artist- The cyborg Jar Jar Binks. I'm kidding. <laughs> it was, it was uh, let, all, all I'll say it was, uh, it was when uh, Solo and Ben had their final talk yeah. in episode seven. And the artist who was working on it was scrubbing back and like going back and forth in the shot because they were the ones dialing in the lightsaber. Yeah. And I just, I, I just happened to be walking by all innocent and I'm like, what, what the? Oh what? no. Oh, oh my man. God. Like, how are you gonna spoil that? Man, I'm just getting a glass of water. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <they're... laughs> the shroud of the dark side has fallen. Begun. The Clone War has. We've got uh, Trevor Beast four five four. Is that correct? Did I get the numbers right? I'm uh, sometimes a l- I'm a little dyslexic. Uh, yep, y- you got the numbers right, Ro. And uh, yes, uh, this is me, Trevor, uh, curator of the Star Wars subcategory on Sporkle.com, and I'm so happy to be here to contribute. Uh, we've got Rob from the Jedi Temple Archives. Rob, how's it going, man? It's going great. I'm happy to be the first uh, Jedi infiltrator of Scarif Station. That's right. That's right. You are the first Jedi infiltrator. Uh, Alex, don't uh, don't tell uh, Krennic about this. He, he might get a little upset. Oh, your secret is safe with me as long as you uh, keep yourself in check there, Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on Palpatine's role in 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 all of this? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely curious to see how he's going to be tied into Episode Nine. I mean, I I don't want to go too much in the speculation thing, but I mean, to me, it seemed like that that, that there was no signs of Palpatine coming back in the Force Awakens or the Last Jedi, and it seems like he's come back now i mean maybe like take snoke's role or something but i mean i'm like very intrigued on how it's gonna go what his like real motive is i mean other than i guess rule the galaxy as he once did yeah it's uh and obviously for those of us who followed uh his story through the uh you know the 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 creation of the clone wars cartoon and and rebels uh, he does seem like he's got uh for lack of a better term he's got his shit together Come to the Scarif Podcast live event in Chicago 
on November 17th. I will obey my master. It is your destiny. So, you know, getting back to the Clone Wars, uh, just so we can kind of wrap things up here, I wanted to ask each uh, each one of you, uh, you know, when uh, when Luke went looking for Yoda on Dagobah, uh, you know, he, he landed on the swamp planet, he met this little green thing, and, uh, you know, Luke told Yoda that uh, he was looking for a great warrior, and, uh, you know, from what we know of wars, wars are very, you know, messy, but uh, sometimes we... Uh, project uh, a certain romanticism in in being a battle you know battle worn warrior. You know Yoda has a very fascinating answer, and he says wars not make one great. Rob, what uh, what do you think about this uh, this quote that Yoda tells Luke, and uh, how do you see uh, you know that quote uh, affect uh, the outcome of uh, of the episode of episode nine? Yeah, I think that it goes back to the point that I made earlier regarding really how the Sith got the jump on the Jedi. And it was uh, by getting them embroiled in the Clone Wars and really, uh, you know, minimalizing their ability to connect with the Force in the way that uh, would be most effective for a light side user, you know, through uh, through using the Force for knowledge and defense and being passive. So uh, clearly Yoda had realized that, you know, after his confrontation with uh, Darth Sidious there at the end of Revenge of the Sith and being bested by him that uh, that he had failed and and he went into isolation and clearly had a lot of time to think about what had happened to the Jedi Order and I think he finally came to the realization that they had made a mistake by not only getting involved in the Clone Wars but uh, their attachment to the Republic which uh, while it was for the noblest of purposes really served to make them, um, you know, servants, I guess, to the Republic. And they ended up having to do things in service to the Republic that went contrary or should have gone contrary to the order. Yeah, that's a fascinating take. Uh, Trevor, wars not make one great. What do you think of that quote? I mean, it's it's really interesting about, you know, like the dichotomy, I guess, of war and the fact that, you know, you have to, you know, sometimes, you know, protect you know, those that you love, you know, by joining this cause and, you know, maybe you lose a part of yourself through, you know, this fighting, this bloodshed. And, you know, it, it also reminds me of this uh, line that I'm fair, fairly certain was in the uh, new Clone War Season 7 trailer about, you know, Mace Windu. Okay, Mace Windu asked, you, uh, you know, about how, how, how do you think... We're gonna win this war, and then like he says, "Not certain I am that one does really win a war." Yeah, Yoda's got some good lines, huh? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Alex, final thoughts on the Clone Wars and what uh, Master George Lucas has given us uh, in this uh, fascinating, fascinating franchise. What uh, What do you think? I think it's definitely worthy of the uh, of the legacy of Star Wars. Uh, overall, I think it fills in so many uh, fantastic storylines with these beloved characters, and uh, it has so much potential to even have more stories involved, uh, like we're seeing with this new season coming out. Uh, there's always more that we can explore about that era, and uh, you know, we we heard about it all the way back in 1977 with with that um, hologram of Princess Leia talking about General Kenobi, uh, and I think I think the uh, the build up to it over the past uh, 30 or 40 years 
has been well paid off. And I, I truly appreciate uh, that during the kind of downtime between the prequels uh, and when there wasn't much Star Wars going around, that somebody took the time to create this fantastic TV show for us to all enjoy and dive into. So uh, thank you very much, Dave Filoni and George Lucas and everybody else who was involved in, uh, in making that come to life. The Council has assembled. They are eager to hear your report. Afraid. Not much there is to say of my journey. So, nothing significant happened to you out there? Yes. And no. To the end, we are coming now. Did your journey give you insight on how to win the war? No longer certain that one ever does win a war. I am. For in fighting the battles, the bloodshed, already lost we have. Yet, open to us, a path remains. That unknown for the Sith is. Through this path, victory we may yet find. Not victory in the Clone Wars, but victory for all time. Well, Rob, Trevor, Alex, thank you guys very much. Uh, we are uh, a little over an hour, and it seems like uh, two minutes. We're having a lot of fun here talking about the Clone Wars, and uh, we won't. Uh, we should do this again sometime. But uh, Rob, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I know I, I asked you last second. Thank you very much for accommodating us and and joining our uh, discussion about the Clone Wars. Yeah, totally my pleasure. I really appreciate you guys having me on. It was uh, definitely kind of a off-the-cuff thing, and I uh, saw you posted on Twitter that you were ready to record. You had your uh, glass of wine and your lightsaber ready, so I had to jump all over that, and clearly scheduling wasn't working out for us. So uh, definitely looking forward to hearing the episode, and thank you guys and all the all the Scuttle Buddies out there listening. Excellent. Trevor, thank you very much again for uh, your interest, and we definitely will not, uh, uh, this will not be the last time uh, I think you've got some great knowledge and, uh, you know, uh, oh, uh, by the way, uh, Trevor is going to help us out and he's going to create a, uh, a quiz list for our November 17th event live here in Chicago. And we'll be able to play that game when we're, uh, you know, in front of our audience, uh, at Alley Cat Comics in Chicago and Andersonville. So, uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Don't, uh, don't you think Trevor? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I still haven't really been given too much information on what what you're wanting out of this quiz but i'm prepared to you know pull in as much you know entertainment quality as possible to uh you know let everyone have a great time with it general kenobi years ago you served my father in the clone wars now he begs you to help him in his struggle against the empire i regret that i am unable to present my father's request to you in person but my ship has fallen under attack, and I'm afraid my mission to bring you to Alderaan has failed. I have placed information vital to the survival of the Rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. My father will know how to retrieve it. You must see this droid safely delivered to him on Alderaan. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Guys, thank you very much. Uh, for your participation. Thank you for talking uh, the Clone Wars with the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. This is Ro, and uh, Alex, uh, you have the last word, my friend. What do you say? May the Force be with you. Thank you, guys.
Be honest. That's the scuttlebutt. There you go. Is, there you go, Trevor. Oh, I, that's what I was supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave that part in, Ro. Just leave that in. <laughs> awesome. Cool, guys. Thank you, guys. Oh, man. man, that 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 was uh, that was fun. What does it mean to bring balance to the Force? Is it just a numbers game, as some claim? Does balance come from within? Life is complex, and we are not single-dimensioned beings. That is ever so present in the imaginary universe of Star Wars. It's evident in George Lucas's initial ideology as well as the continued writings of creatives like Dave Filoni and others who have contributed to the lore of the Force. We've seen and heard tales of prophecies and legend, witnessed for the most part how these stories of balance play out, and later this month we might even see the definitive conclusion of how one brings balance to the Force. Exciting times to be sure. Join us tonight in our discussion of the Legacy of Balance. Alex, you're the one that uh, sent me that link of George Lucas, pretty much just talking about uh, the Chosen One and the Force and uh, this Anakin. You know, if you look at all the movies, uh, it's plain as the nose on your face. Anakin is the Chosen One. This is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Um the part of that that I really, really want to focus on or that I, I felt was the most important part was uh, the part about um, being selfish versus being selfless, the Jedi versus the Sith. So the balance balance is achieved when you're selfless and you don't have time to think about yourself and you don't have you don't have those internal thoughts which make you angry and which make you worried about losing what you possess and, and, and being greedy. That's the imbalance. That's the act of being in balance with the Force. So when the Sith exist in the galaxy – they are creating an imbalance because they are selfish beings who are trying to gain control. Yeah, I think we should start. I'm already recording, so that's going in the podcast. <laughs> ah, you heard my call. Good. Your imbalance woke me from a deep slumber. Imbalance? Your presence is like a violent storm in this quiet world. You're a force wielder, but you're not a Jedi. Wielder? Hmm. Jedi and Sith wield the Ashlar and Bogan, the light and the dark. I'm the one in the middle, the Bendu. Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. The Force? Well, a conflict between good and evil is the basic conflict. The universal question is, am I a good person? But, of course, that's a very complicated question. It is. And it's something you have to ponder because you're doing it every day. You're saying, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? Now, through mythology and things, we're taught certain things that are good and certain things that are bad. But uh, a thinking person questions all that and say, is this really good? Am I really doing the right thing here? Am I really being a kind, compassionate person? Because to me, it's really about a compassionate person as opposed to a person that is consumed with self-interest or a selfish person. Those are the two things. Mm -hmm. We all have good and evil in us because we have the selfish side of us and we have the compassionate side of us. Alex, Brad, take it away. And that's the scuttlebutt. I'll take it.
That was that was that was good, man. <laughs> Holy cow! I don't know, man. Some teenagers. We just baked his brain. Yeah. He's gonna have all kinds of questions. Dude, that, that's what Star Wars is about, man. Quick. Not all these stupid <laughs> bullshit arguments that we have on Twitter. You know, our, our <laughs> next ep- our, our next episode is who do you ship? <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> 